Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richards Cafe, TechSend Senior Residential Care Homes, ATD Painting, and Performance Food Group. Poor Richards Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richards Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. This podcast is also brought to you by TechSend Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. They specialize in making their facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. Not only that, there are no movement fees and there are no visitation restrictions. They are located near I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more information, you can call 469-400-7650. That is TechSend Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Brian Murphy and Kendrick Johnson. And gentlemen, let's talk some high school football. We are now uh, to the point in the season where we have three weeks to go in the regular season, and I think we're now, it's, uh, we can officially kind of declare this part the home stretch of, uh, of the high school football season. It's the part of the year when we'll maybe have to start looking a little bit closer at tiebreakers, seeing what needs to happen for certain teams to get to where they need to go. Um, so naturally, with it being the home stretch, I want to devote this podcast to basically laying out one question. Who are the most interesting teams that we cover heading into the home stretch? As far as teams that have the most at stake over these next few weeks, the teams that could potentially shake up the playoff picture the most. So um, we're going to go through the uh, the entire staff, and we're just going to lay out a couple teams from our necks of the woods that are um, have basically a ton to play for over these next few weeks. Um, Kendrick, we, uh, we've we been covering District 96A all season, and sure enough, we um, you know, whereas last week we were the talking about... Express. <laughs> It is not <laughs> that's a That's a great way to put it, the hot mess express. Whereas last week we devoted a lot of time to talking about the log gym in District uh, 66A out in Louisville ISD. 96A is caught right up because now as we as we head four into three tie. weeks left, yes, we have a four-way tie for third place. So you have Allen, which is all alone in first place, doing the Allen thing. Looking down. <laughs> looking down at everybody else. And you got Prosper, which is now uh, second place, three and one. Props to them. I saw them play on Friday. was impressed with their line. They got some horses up front. And they, um, um, boy, I played in the first half, but second half, they went old school, smash mouth football. Uh, that line that Wayne Anderson took over, I saw what he was all about. He had a 230 and three tubs yeah. busting them. He had 170 in the second half alone. Leading the district in rushing also. Uh, yep. He had 170 and a half. Yeah, top five in the area, I believe, Wayne Anderson, out of Prosper. So after Friday's games, we now have a, three, a four-way tie, I should say, for third place out of District 96A with Plano East, Plano Senior, McKinney, and McKinney Boyd. So Kendrick, I imagine that's a good place to start. Just talk a bit about one of the teams that you covered that is a very, very fascinating home stretch. Uh, that's an easy one. That'd be the Boy Broncos. They have um, uh, quarterback situation. You never know who's going to play. They, they, they play both, but you don't know what situation. I seen them play. I couldn't tell you this one. This guy's going to play this one. They're both talented guys, but it's one of those things like you. It's kind of hard to win with two quarterbacks, but. 
so they're in the mix. At the end of the day, I think because um, their defense is still young, they have a potential to be really good. They show flashes. Like the first half, they held Prosper to under 150 total yards. The second half, they gave up 310. So that's kind of a good definition of what Boyd's about. But can they beat Plano next week at MIC Stadium? I want to say I told you at the beginning of the year. Well, when they get it, yes. go get that fourth spot. It's almost like clear as day. And then. Um, the main thing I don't know if what you what you what you think about this is what do you think about um, teams that seem like they can't play a full game? Mm-hmm. I know it's like every it's like almost nine six eight game I see. I see just, it's, one team takes over a half, I, and it's like nobody, and then they don't show up or they don't like they were non-existent. They show up in second. I was like, what, what were you doing? I think this just might be symptomatic to a district where there's just a ton of parity, and we're just seeing results that just completely like you just you just have to kind of expect that um, you're going to see some games that kind of buck convention. And I think that uh, yes, in a, in a district like that where the teams are just so evenly matched, consistency is. Just going to be really tough to come by for everybody, <laughs> just because the teams are, with the exception of the top dog at the very. I mean, it feels like anybody else, you know, can beat anybody else in this district, so to speak. And, and then flipping gears to five A, my team shout to Pequeno um, Bronco. I mean, Pequeno Bulldogs. <laughs> they held their business fifty two thirty seven. A lot of people didn't think they could beat West Mesquite because West Mesquite have a lot of yeah, individual athletes. I, I picked them. I, I believe in y'all, Bulldog Nation. I, I no, them no, as well. no, no more emails. <laughs> but yeah. um, now. When it comes to meeting their schedule, they have the the two people to think the A and B teams of the mm-hmm. district and John Tyler. They got to travel way out to East Texas and Tyler Rose to 903. Good luck with all that. <laughs> and then they come back and they got to take on Poteet, who people are picking to win this district. But the key is they got the three wins in their pocket. They had an unexcusable loss to Sherman. Yeah. So it's going to see if that's going to come back to them because they had a game that everything could go wrong. So it's going to be real, really weird. They when one of these next two, they get in, they could already be in, but it's a lot of rolling the dice where you could be anywhere from 30 to be watching like me and you on <laughs> um, the second, that first week of the playoffs. McKinney North has been the bane of the picket line for me this year. <laughs> Never picked them? I, I, I have. I think I picked them to beat McKinney in week one, and outside of that, I know I misfired on their game against Wakeland. I know I misfired on their game against Texas High, and I picked well, it was that, that stinking Sherman game that just threw me off the scent entirely with them. I still have no way in hindsight how to like how to make heads or tails of just how that game happened when you look at just how yeah. great North has looked since then. And, and their, their offense is very explosive. Mm-hmm. They put up 90. The last three weeks, they put up 90, uh, 40, and 52. Some 90 subject. points. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, they can hit you. They got two quarterbacks, but they each have a role. Like Dylan Markowitz, mm-hmm. he comes in. He's going to throw it. He's going to hit you deep. Cam Constantine going to hit you with the re-option and can hit you underneath. Now they're starting to get big Brandon Frazier, one of the best Titans in the state. Mm-hmm. He's had over... Um, uh, 140 yards in the last two games combined and four tubs. Yeah. So they so starting to get it. In. One team with two quarterbacks. Another team that's gone through two quarterbacks is Little Elm. Uh, you know, they started Juan Ponce at the beginning of the year, senior. After Logan Kohler announced that he was just going to play baseball, mm-hmm. and now they're going with a, a freshman the last two games, and it's been working out. Wow! They beat Wakeland. They have a uh, run they game. Beat Liberty. John Matier coming in at quarterback. He's done a great job so far as just a freshman, and you know they're in the, a log jam. Uh, District 5-5A with Wakeland, with Independence. They're all 3-2-2 two, and two, fighting for those last two playoff spots. Uh, in the district, Little Elm's case to make a playoff uh, spot gets interesting. They play Independence this week. Then they play Heritage okay. the week after that. A, you know, a winnable game there. Heritage has, has obviously struggled this season. And then they play the Colony, a team they beat last year uh, on, a, on a crazy, I think it was 14-7. Is that considered a rivalry game? 
Uh, they'll say it's a rivalry game. I mean, the Colony looks really good. I mean... They look uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> the hook and ladder yeah. play from last week was phenomenal. You know, if y'all hadn't seen it, check it out. It's on my Twitter. It's all. It's everywhere. At uh, <laughs> Vimerky <laughs> underscore. Yeah, it went viral. It had like 16,000 views or something. So my take is, what was the Enzo? I couldn't blame my oh man my for it. My man well, ran into, he Twitter. ran into the wall, literally. So many people were replying to that tweet saying, what is this? This is the high school football in Texas, and you're playing at a soccer field. What is it? <laughs> well, in their defense, it's FC Dallas's stadium. Yeah. You know, they played two days later. A concert was held the next day too. Uh, Toyota Stadium had a lot on their plate. But anyways, the, <laughs> that, that was a crazy game. You can see in the video, there's no like hash marks. There's no yard yeah, markers. No. It was weird. But um, <laughs> well, you, well, you wonder if Miles Price knew when to stop running. No, he, he, he kept running all until he hit the back of the end zone because yeah. it looked like that was where yeah. the. They saw where the soccer lines were and whatnot, but yeah. So going back to that district, the Colony obviously is going to in the driver's seat to win that district, and then you have you know Independence, Wakeland, Little Elm, all two and two. It's going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know Thursday's game between Little Elm and Independence is going to be huge, and we'll see if John Matier can keep it up. Freshman quarterback running the show. That's wild. But, I mean that is that is a lot to put on the plate of a team, especially when because when you we you know, we all know how important the quarterback position mm-hmm. is. So when you make a change that thrusts a, a ninth grader into that spotlight, I mean. Had he, I mean, you wonder, I mean, just how, if he even envisioned coming into the season, if he was going to be asked, you know, to, with this much responsibility. Coach so. Brown said he had been practicing with, with the team. Mm-hmm. You know, after, you know, he practiced with the freshman or JV team or whichever it was, he would do, get some work, you know, a little bit with the varsity. So Coach Brown had him on his radar. It's not like, all right, there's a freshman. He's tall. He can throw. Yeah. Come on. It's, I think he, he kind of had him on his radar. I didn't think he expected to play him. Yeah. You know, because they were high on, on, on uh, Juan Ponce. Uh, coming into the season, he did really well in, in seven on seven over the summer. Mm-hmm. Really, really well. Led them to state yeah. for the first time in school history, but just wasn't working out. Too many turnovers, and you know the team has really rallied around Matier. There's no, there's no issues with with Matier coming mm-hmm. in. He's done a good job as as a, a ninth grader. Uh, speaking on the radar, I'd be remiss not to um, throw in Hunter Shea. Check him out. He'll be the subject mm-hmm. of this week's Sunday Spotlight. The kid, I've said it multiple times. Don't look like he's going to do nothing until he run right by you. He's got <laughs> six tubs over 50 yards against five different teams. Wow. Every week he strikes, and it's like, boom. This week he had a career high, 219 yards and three touchdowns. And he splits time with Manny Fincher, who's a junior. He's got like 680 yards himself and eight touchdowns. So they took two people to fill in the Lamar Lucas, but it's a more efficient because they're on pace to have 2,000-yard rushers. So I didn't see that coming, so... Coach Fetching them once again. They pull that rabbit. They find somebody to get that running game. Oh, yeah. That's very efficient. Offense has never been the issue. McKinney North <laughs> never. They've but, always got the horses. But um, this year their defense yeah. will make adjustments that are very mm-hmm. noticeable. Like uh, the second half this week, the uh, me, the score was. Uh, 38-23, and if it wasn't for a trash touchdown on the final drive, they would have shut down West Mesquite. Mm-hmm. So this year, they're making adjustments and responding to the coaching so you're not having those 56-49 games on a weekly basis that you saw last year in that in that the Colony District with um, Little Elm. Little Elm and all them, yeah. Like, remember the Lamar Lucas game two Don't years ago? Me, <laughs> ran wild on the logos. 
you and um, Kendrick, you had mentioned you know the you know McKinney Boyd and you know that uh, that game against Plano in uh, early November being a, a very pivotal game in District Nine Six A. And it's funny because like it's if we had asked the same question after non district, then <laughs> it might have been a different story. But nevertheless, Boyd is indeed you know right at the ship, and they are right there in that uh, in that mix for one of those uh, one of those playoff spots out of Nine Six A. Same for the team that I'm picking for this. I alluded um you know earlier on uh, Plano Senior. I mean, how can you not be just fascinated with what Plano Senior has done? I mean, you, you might not find two more mismatched performances in consecutive weeks than what Plano has done these uh, these past two games. I mean, were you at both of them? I was actually at no, I was at the one that they uh, they almost got shut out by uh, by McKinney. They uh, you know Plano lost to uh, to McKinney seventeen to seven two weeks ago, um, and that uh, you know at that time you're just thinking like I mean uh, again Plano you know your third straight loss to McKinney uh, a McKinney team that was winless at the time okay, and, and was replacing a you know it's massive senior class from last year you didn't have to worry about the Matt Gaddick boogeyman coming back to get you or anything like that <laughs> that'd be Plano East yeah, yeah, Plano East, yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah I mean yeah just like I, I still remember just talking to Coach McCall afterwards and just Plano as a team just looked like shell shock like there was like they did not think for a second that they were going to walk in and lose that game after their bye week <laughs> but then they turned right around this past week and then they I mean out of nowhere just beat the brakes off of a Plano East <laughs> no one team expected that, did that I, I mean the I, that was a bit spot. I'm like, is that flipped? Or, well, I'm yeah. looking at the, um, the, the game cast on Friday night. And they, I mean, you look at I mean, what the, some of the numbers that they put up against McKinney, you know, rushing only for only 136 yards as a, as a team. They didn't have a running back eclipse 50 yards rushing in that game. And we've talked <laughs> at length about how explosive that backfield has been. Um, and companies of McKinney, even the games they, they lost, they lost. So he never did beat McKinney in his career. Yeah. But, but the Strange. two, I know his junior and yeah. sophomore year, he had at least one touchdown. I was like, oh, that's how I knew who he was. Oh, yeah. So that's crazy. They eliminated the, the role play. They still beat them. They had really struggled to get their running game going and establishing that aspect of their offense, which is paramount if you're playing a senior and you have that kind of talent in your backfield. Um, so heading into a game against a Plano East team that you'd expect, like the the simple minded the yeah, the simple minded sports media narrative for this one was that you know what man, Plano's going to come in pissed off after getting <laughs> doubled up by Allen, and they're just going to take all their anger out on a Plano senior team that just looked looked kind of like helpless after losing to to McKinney, and that was that narrative was nonsense apparently because. Because Plano just, I mean, they they ran they ran away with this one. I mean, this was a game they they held Plano East. Think of Plano East offense and just all that they've done this season. They did not score until the fourth quarter of that wow. game. They shut them out for three quarters. This game was 20, 27 to zero after three quarters in do favor you, do of Plano. Do you think it might hurt or anything? Because you know about the injury reports. With the rain was it? You know the <laughs> yeah. field. The um the only the only injury that I've Taylor Ragland was the one covering this game, and I know that Plano East there uh, one of their starting defensive tackles Jalen Brown was out, but outside of that it's sounds like they were relatively healthy. I mean, both sides were you know, relatively uh, you know healthy for this one, um, at least to the point where I mean, it's nothing that would throw a uh, you know. Sure, that explains why they won forty-one to nineteen. <laughs> um, the rain wasn't as like I was asking Taylor that too because you'd think in the rain like okay, a team that's more ground-based like Plano, they're able to you know maybe a bit better suited to play in the rain versus a team like East, which is mm-hmm. a bit reliant on the uh, on the passing game a bit uh, you know a bit more. But um, no, it sounded like the weather was, was. I mean, there was some rain, but it was nothing that would you know just completely just rock the uh, the foundation of this Plano East offense. But nevertheless, yeah, I mean, Plano's defense, you know, despite these struggles that they had had running the ball, Plano's defense was has been great in recent weeks. They, I mean, they held McKinney to, you know, I don't even think McKinney cleared 150 yards of offense in that game. I mean, Plano's defense has been up to the challenge for the bulk of this season, um, and they looked the part again against East. I mean, they Brandon Mallory came into this game having thrown just four interceptions all season. They picked him off three times. Wow. 
They um, they picked him off three times. It might, it might they, be that 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 north that north and Sherman <laughs> outlier. <laughs> they held. I mean, they held Trey uh, Trey Jones Scott in the run game to just two and a half yards per carry. Thirty four yards total on the ground for uh, for Plano wow. East in that game. And then uh, by the other end, you know, Plano's run game woke up. Kyron Cumbie had fifteen carries for one hundred and fifty three yards and three touchdowns. He was their leading receiver with four catches, forty six yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, Tylen, That's the Kyron Cumbie. I know. <laughs> Tylen Hines, who's a, you know their uh, their sophomore running back, he had a big game. Two with almost 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. It was the it was the Plano that you know fans have. No, the, I said last week like there is a Plano there is a playoff team somewhere buried in within within Plano Senior. They have the ability. It's all there. It's just whether or not they can just be consistent enough. You know, night week in week out with those performances because I mean that the, the Plano team that you know showed up on Friday. That's a team that is good enough to make the playoffs. Obviously, if you're able to you know hang 41 and mm-hmm. you know beat Plano a Plano East team that again looked like the second best team. In this district for much of the season. If you're able to pull off a result like that, then I mean, what a what a massive lift that had to have been for the entire program just yeah. to just to get just to get back on track to play the kind of football that you know there have been inklings that they're capable of, but just to finally put it all together and have that playoff caliber performance. Um, and it was it came at a big time because if you're just talking about teams that have fascinating home stretches, here's Plano's last three games. They host Jesuit Friday at Clark Stadium. Then, as we alluded to, Kendrick, they're at McKinney ISD Stadium to play McKinney Boyd on November 2nd, and then they close out on, um, let's see, November 9th, Clark Stadium, 7 o'clock against Prosper. All three of those teams are in contention for a playoff spot. So, I mean, there is no let up. Mm-hmm. You've already, you know, Plano's already got the the Allen game out of the way. They've already got the West game out of the way. So that big gray middle area of District Nine Six A, and that is all that Plano has left. So it's not going to get any easier. And they have to find so, now. They have to find a way to now maintain the consistency that they showed uh, Friday against East. Yeah, it's basically come down. I got for y'all. I don't know. I got a little restaurant. I sell I sell high L's and co-dubs. <laughs> they don't have to get some dubs. Two to get in. I'm putting it down. They get two wins. They get in because they're two and two. yeah, two and two. It seems like four is the is kind of the sweet spot if you want to get in. But I mean, in this district, you could have three teams that wind up with four wins. I'm sure there's probably a scenario where that can happen. You got to start invoking tiebreakers. But in order to put yourself in that position, then um, yeah, you guys um, Prosper and Plano East played. They have uh, Plano East won that game, twenty six fourteen. So okay, so Plano's got two wins. Plano East has two wins. Yeah, so Prosper's three and one. The thing is, Prosper still has to play yeah. Allen, so they That's, could. Yeah. They could drop back into the pack with that, with the outcome of that game, depending on what goes on there. But yeah, man, uh, the Plano Wildcats, you know, buckle up. Going to be a fun home stretch for the Wildcats, man. So we shall, uh, yeah, we shall see. But yeah, what a what a wild game that was at Kimbrough, apparently. And that's a uh, let's see. Did you have one more uh, one more team that you wanted to touch on, Brian? In addition Salina, to Salina's Salina is an yeah. interesting little spot right now. Okay, they're in fourth place in the district. I don't think anyone expected that. Mm. Uh, they lost to Paris. They lost to Melissa. They still have to play Argyle. They have a big game this week mm. against Anna. Who knows if they lose that game, they're in yeah. trouble for missing the playoffs for the first time in a million years. In eternity. Yeah. So but I, I don't expect them to lose to Anna, but on the radar, Salina is not, you know, running away with the dish mm. crown like they like they normally are year in and uh year out. So we'll see how that how that plays out there. Obviously plenty of other teams, you know, whether it be out in the Denton County area or out in East Dallas County that are uh, have plenty at stake and we will bring in Justin Thomas and Devin Haston to talk a bit about those teams. Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD painting, whether it's painting, 
staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, exterior, ATD Painting has you covered. They have four locations in the Metroplex, including Plano and Louisville. You can call 972-694-8888 for more information, or you can visit their website at atdpainting.com. That is ATD Painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. In the meantime, uh, Justin Thomas, Devin Hassan have joined the uh, the round table. So, gentlemen, let's keep on going with uh, some interesting teams heading into the uh, into the home stretch. Uh, Devin, we got a team out in Mesquite that's got a chance to <laughs> pull off something that uh, you know all season long. I, I know the the roadmap to to this point of the year for Mesquite Horn has been anything but expected. But nevertheless, man, a, a fascinating home stretch for the Jaguars could potentially be in store. And, and, and I feel like a broken record because I keep saying, wait till Horn turns it around, wait till Horn turns it around. And you look at their record now, they're 0-7. Uh, coming off a of bye week last week. Um, and again, as, as we've talked about before, uh, they played really good teams. Yeah. You look at their their opponents, their combined record is 44-5. and Wow! Uh, for their seven opponents. Yes. Oh, that's, uh, I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've they've just played heavyweights, and and the, the front of their district schedule was t- was top heavy mm-hmm. with you know playing Longview, playing Rockwall, and what's turned out to be a very good Mesquite team. Yeah. Um, that they lost on a last second field goal. Uh, I, I still think that they have the tools there to make a run. Um, Jermaine Gibbons, their outstanding quarterback, who was a district MVP last year, Asias Taylor. Um, those two are among the top rushers in the district. Uh, the passing game hasn't quite come along the way we thought it would, mm-hmm. uh, but there still is potential there. Uh, their defense has been has been good um, at times. Again, facing these high powered offenses, it's kind of hard to tell. But uh, Kendrick Blackshire, their outstanding sophomore, um, who's already got offers from everywhere, you know, and just yeah. he, you know, he was a starting starter as a freshman. Uh, Quavon Grant, Larry Cooper, Nick Garcia, Larry Donnell, they're, all, they're they're playmakers on there. But the big thing for Horn in terms of getting back to the playoffs again, 0-7, 0-3 in district. <laughs> gonna win a game. It's, yeah, yeah. They're just gonna winning. Um, but if you look at their schedule, um, the three teams left in their schedule, they have Rockwall Heath on Friday, they have North Pesquite, and they have Tyler Lee. Well, if you look at the top of this district, you know Longview is undefeated. Rockwall is three and one. Mesquite's three and one. It would take something pretty crazy for those three teams not to make it. Rockwall Heath is one and three. North Mesquite is one and two. Tyler Lee is one and two. If Horn runs the table against those three teams, they're in. They would only tiebreaker advantage over all three of their main contenders mm-hmm. or you know competitors for that final playoff spot, and so you know it's, it's crazy to think that a team that's that's zero and seven controls its own destiny. But that's exactly what Horn does. The schedule lines up favorably down the stretch, and I expect Horn to win those last three games and Horn <laughs> to be in the playoffs at three and seven. The optics of a three and seven team making the playoffs is just that breaks my brain a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's a, it's a seventeen yeah. district, you know, so you only have six district games. Again, they 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 played a murderer's row. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. there are four uh, non-district games. You know, Allen is undefeated. Highland Park is undefeated. Cedar Hill has one loss. And Arlington is undefeated. That was a non-district slate. Wow. So um, they're certainly battle-tested. And, um, again, I, I think I think Horn wins those last three, and, and they're in the playoffs. Wow. That would be wild. <laughs> Justin, let's go to you for one of the most interesting teams in your neck of the woods. Well, I'm going to go with the opposite direction. I'll pick a team that's won some games so far. <laughs> <laughs> um a lot of a lot of choices in my markets. A lot of talking points on many teams, especially mm-hmm. with how tight these districts are. But we'll start with uh, Flower Mound. How about uh, how about the Jaguars, man? Who saw this coming? Not me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I ha- 
coming into the year, I thought they were, you know, I picked them as a playoff team and I kind of waffled a little bit before the district started, but um, definitely didn't see them at 4-0 in first place in the district this far into the season, so props to the Jaguars coming off their big uh, 38-35 win over Hebron on uh, Friday to mm-hmm. get to 4-0 district. They're the only unbeaten team in uh, District 6-6A right now. Um, saw some outlets reporting that they had clinched a playoff spot after that win, but as far as I can tell, that's not yeah. the case. That uh, sent you down a wild goose yeah, chase put, on, on Friday little, night. Just ran out one scenario where it definitely looks like they wouldn't make it if they um, lose out. But they're in a great spot, 4-0. Um, they haven't made the playoffs since 2010. Mm-hmm. And that win over Hebron on Friday was their first win over Hebron since 2009. So wow. um, not only a 4-0 start, but doing some things they haven't done in a while. Mm-hmm. So a lot of excitement and optimism over there in Flower Mound right now. But, um, you know, I said they're not in yet. They probably have the toughest schedule left of anybody in 6-6-A. For those who don't know, so they're 4-0. Then you have Louisville and Coppell at 3-1. and And then you have Marcus and Hebron and MacArthur all still fighting for the playoffs at 2-2. Two and two. Flower Mound still has three of those teams left. They have the big mound showdown uh, this week at Marcus. Then they have to go to Coppell, and then they close up at home against MacArthur. So um, a great spot for Flower Mound, but they still have some work to do to get into the mm-hmm. playoffs, at least the way I look at it. <laughs> when you saw this game on Friday against Hebron, what I mean, what was the most impressive aspect of, of how uh, Flower Mountain was able to put together that win? A win that, if we're just going off the you know those numbskulls on the picket line, I yeah. mean, uh, none of us thought that was going to happen. Just, <laughs> I would just say the, um, their offense. Like I saw them, the first time I saw them was the first week of district against Louisville. They got shut out the first half. They were playing a different quarterback. They brought their original starter, Blake Short, back in at halftime. He picked it up. But they had to have some fluky things happen. They were down 27-7 with three minutes left in the third quarter and came back and won that game by eight points. Um, But the offense has taken off since then. You know, since being shut out that first half, you know, they put up 35 in the second half. They put up 62 against Irving. They put up 53 against Irving Nimitz. And then they put up 38 last week against Hebron. Mm -hmm. And the thing that impressed me was not only Blake Short just throwing darts. He threw for 355 yards and five touchdowns. But they also had... Uh, Pierce Hudgens nearly got 200 yards. I think he had 178 yards rushing. So they were moving the ball in all facets, and uh, this offense is just really clicking right now. There's, um, let's see, I mentioned Plaintiff Senior um, in the last part of the podcast as far as the team with a fascinating home stretch. Another team that uh, kind of fits that bill out in District 75A Division 2. I'm uh, just fascinated to see what happens with Lovejoy over these last few weeks because we talked about, you know, with Mesquite Horn, how top-heavy that district schedule was. It's been the exact opposite for uh, for Lovejoy. I mean, they, uh, they've they played nothing but, uh, they started off against nothing but just the uh, kind of the, I don't want to say the cream puffs of the district, but they, I mean, their, their first, you know, their district schedule was, you know, 70. 34-13 over Frisco Memorial, you know, 48-17 over Denton Braswell, 56-15 over Lebanon Trail. Then finally they ran into an actual test and they got shut up by Frisco Reedy, but Frisco Reedy might be one of the might, they might be the best team in that region. Who knows? Frisco Reedy's playing incredible football. Um, so that's kind of it's really tough to you know, extrapolate a whole lot from that game. Then now, um, you know, they took care of a Princeton, forty-nine to six. Princeton, a much more respectable team than some of those teams they played earlier, but still a team that's going to finish outside of the uh, of the playoff mix. These um, these last three games for them are fascinating because they get uh, they get Lake Dallas at home on uh, on Friday. Lake Dallas, a team that at the start of the year was um, you know was thought to be you know kind of some debate as to whether or not Lovejoy or Lake Dallas was the second best team in that uh, in that district. Um, and then they turn right around and then they'll go to Denison, Denison team. 
team that you know throttled Frisco last week. They look like they're in position to take that last playoff spot, and then they close against uh, against Frisco, which I mean we know how devastating that wing tee can be. Uh, Frisco's already sprung a, an impressive upset of Lake Dallas this season, so they're definitely capable of getting to that uh, to a level that puts them you know in position to take down you know playoff caliber teams. So it's um it's yeah it's kind of the opposite of Mesquite Horn, whereas you know we get to see Mesquite Horn can finally breathe a little bit. You know now we get to see if Lovejoy has the uh, if they are the second best team in this district because certainly the results beforehand would uh you know would you know would lend in that direction. They've got one of the more balanced offenses that you'll see behind Carson Collins, their quarterback, who is uh, I mean almost 1,300 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, no interceptions already at this point of the season. We are seven games into the season. He has not thrown a pick. Uh, Jahi Rainey, their standout running back, is averaging six and a half yards per carry. Um, the receiving course balanced behind Jacob Terwilliger, Bo Ivanelli, uh, Luke Mayfield. They've got a lot of ways to can beat you, but again, it's just doing so against that upper upper tier opposition that's and, kind of un- unproven at this point. And experience. You know, those, oh, yeah, names, yeah. those names, they, they, those were all key guys in their push last year. Remember when they were 0-5 oh, yeah. and then they made that late season surge. Yeah. Uh, so th- these are guys who have been through the wars. They know what it takes to make that playoff mm-hmm. push, and I think that's going to be a big advantage for them going forward. As well. Yeah, I think they're. I mean, I think that they're a playoff team out of that district for sure. But it's it's a matter of if they can if they're the second best team in the district. Which I mean, there's plenty of credence to think that. You just got to now show it against teams yeah. that because yeah, it's just it's tough. Really, you really haven't seen a game yet where you can be like, okay, I know that Lovejoy is a great team. <laughs> I mean, I feel like every the results. I mean, the Frisco Reedy result was a bit of a, a bit a bit funky just as far as how uh, lopsided that one was. But I think that just might be more of an indication of how great Reedy is playing right now. So we'll see. Yeah, lots of uh, lots uh, lots left. Um, that's fascinating on the Lovejoy schedule. Devin, let's go get one more team in your neck of the woods with a fascinating home stretch. Uh, you know, I'm looking at West Mesquite. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is I, I mentioned Horn being battle tested. West Mesquite is, you know, people to kind of overlook their schedule. You know, they open with Hutto. You know, around these parts, not many people pay attention to Hutto. Mm. Yeah, and and Hutto is state ranked, yeah. and they destroyed Cedar Park last week. Wow. And I mean that's that's a very good team that they opened oh, yeah. the season with, it. and and West Mesquite hung with them. They played Denton Ryan. Um, they've already played John Tyler. They're sitting at one and two in district, and uh, they could very well be one and three this week. They have a very tough challenge with the, with the cross town rivalry game against Poteet. Uh, I just think that West Mesquite has. The, the, the personnel on offense to, to score with anybody. They've, mm. they've, it's, it, that hasn't been the issue. Ty Jordan is one of the best running backs in the area. He averaged nearly eight yards a carry. Uh, Neil Johnson, who's actually more of a tight end wide receiver prospect in terms of colleges, uh, is their quarterback. And he, he's, done, he's done a solid job uh, when you've got a guy like Dylan Wright to throw to, the Texas A&M commitments, mm-hmm. uh, and they've got some other good weapons on the outside. Um, I, I think, you know, even if they lose to Poteet this week, and I'm not saying that West Mesquite can't win that game, um, I, I think you have to give Poteet the edge right now. You know, they've, they've won six straight, mm-hmm. and they seem to be on a collision course with John Tyler for that district championship. Um, but, you know, West Mesquite closes with Sherman and um, Texas High. You know, yeah. t- Texas High team that we thought would be a playoff contender. Oh, yeah. That's just completely. I thought that might be the second thing. best team in the district. Um, but that Sherman game is going to be is is the key one. Yes. Because that Sherman team is just befuddled everybody with <laughs> whatever McKinney North when yeah. they just crushed McKinney North. Um, I haven't picked a McKinney North game right since then. I, 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 don't think, I, I don't think I've picked a McKinney North game right in four years. Uh, so um, dating back to the last time they played West Mesquite in the playoffs back yeah. in, back in the day. Um, but what's really interesting in that uh, you know McKinney North beats West Mesquite last week fifty two three seven. And West Mesquite scored a touchdown with 22 seconds left. 
that you think, oh, it's meaningless, it has no bearing on the game. Well, the tiebreaker rule in that district is 17-point <laughs> cap. So Sherman hit the cap against yeah. McKinney North. So they have the plus 17. That lim- that put their cap down to 15 in that game. So if West Mesquite goes out there, and I think they match up really well with Sherman. I saw Sherman play Poteet, and they're, they're methodical. I, I'm still baffled how they put up 59 against McKinney North, but McKinney North does give a share of points as well. Mm-hmm. But if West Mesquite's able to control that game like I think they can, and they're going to have that number in their head. And when it all comes down to it, if they can beat Sherman by 17 or more, that one little late insignificant touchdown against McKinney North with 22 seconds left could be the difference between West Mesquite going to the playoffs and McKinney North staying home. Wow. Uh, now, they still have to take care of business, obviously. That Sherman team is not going to roll over. Uh, they, they picked up another big win last week against Texas High. Mm-hmm. And then Texas High, I think, is still a dangerous team. You can't just overlook them and, and write that off as an oh, yeah. automatic win. They almost beat um, McKinney North. Yeah, that was, yeah. was a close game. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jerry Stanford, former Marcus coach. There. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't yeah. Greg Miller the the DC yeah, there? there? Yeah, yeah, a lot of local ties. So yeah. you know, it's just the, the, the road is not clear. West Mesquite still has a lot of work to do, um, but I, I still think there'd be a factor. And again, I, I just if you don't think about this stuff in week eight, yeah. that that some last second score. But I know those coaches are thinking about oh, yeah. it. They, they have those tiebreakers ingrained in their mind, and they know that every point counts. And uh, it could be something that seems insignificant to the fans at the time, but it could turn out to be a huge difference at season's end. Justin, let's round this out with a look at one more uh, one more team with a fascinating home stretch in your neck of the woods. Well, I could pick any of these 6-6-A teams, any of the four teams <laughs> yeah. that cover left, and really, I mean, there's plenty of intrigue for all of them. But... Um, Man, I still have the colony on my mind after hey, that. How can you not, man? Brilliant. What a win. What a performance. Brilliant. You know, who would have thought when Keith Miller made the one-handed catch that landed it on the sports center that it wouldn't be the biggest highlight from there <laughs> <laughs> in the regular season. But I think that one's been overtaken by this crazy hook and ladder to win the game. But, um, yeah, big win for the colony to kind of take control of the district race. And I'm kind of intrigued to see how they kind of, um, you know, this was one they lost to Lone Star in the playoffs last year, so they had this game circled huge you know win huge puts them in the driver's seat for the district title but they still have a pretty challenging uh home stretch here they have wakeland independence both of those teams are fighting for playoff spots and then they close with their rival little elm who they lost to last year so um this district championship isn't locked up yet they still have three tough games left they have to stay focused and then i'm also really intrigued um looking to the playoffs and potential by-district playoff rounds because they're going to match up with that district with Highland Park and Lancaster and Mansfield. Right. So, the uh, 5A district of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 5A That's district brutal. of death. So, um, I mean, La Colony could be putting together maybe their best season of all time and then they could have maybe like really they're going to have a challenging first round playoff yeah. game regardless how them and Lone Star in this district finishes up and what divisions mm-hmm. that other district uh end up aligning in. So that's going to be really interesting to watch for me is how these playoff scenarios might play out during these last three weeks. Did ESPN come calling at all for the uh, for the Lone Star Colony finish? They, they not to me. Maybe they hit up Brian yeah. since he uh, was covering it and had the... Uh, the video, but no, I haven't heard anything about that. But um. certainly, I guess, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, I don't know if you kind of just were to put the Keith Miller play versus that yeah. one. I mean, I think the more significant one was yeah. the hook and ladder, just because a it's a freaking hook and ladder, yeah. and then it was you know enough to it was the game winning touchdown against you know a top was Lone Star still was there, were they still top ten in the state? Yeah, then? they were six yeah. last yeah. week, I believe. Yeah, so, um, yeah. And then yeah, you, and then you know it's called Bronco, and it was kind of patterned after that Boise State play, and then you watch the Boise wow. State play, and they're like. The plays are so similar, it's crazy, like, from where they took place and everything, mm-hmm. so... 
Um, oh, I remember. Trust me. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I get your memory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, I'm going to try to get out there and talk to those guys about that play today because was, that was crazy. Yeah. What a what a performance by the colony. <laughs> So, yeah, and that is a look at uh, some teams that are uh, we have deemed the most interesting heading into these final few weeks of the season, the home stretch, as I'm officially dubbing it. So, um, And that will do it for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Shout out to Justin, to Devin, to Brian, to Kendrick, everybody else who helped out on this one. Uh, folks, you enjoy your week, and we will talk to you all later. Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. Performance Food Group delivers more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. If you want to get in on that process, PFG just might have a spot for you. Their McKinney office is currently hiring. Job openings include Class A CDL drivers and warehouse order selectors, as well as many other entry and part-time positions. An ideal choice for college students or people just wanting to find new careers in general. Uh, for more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com careers for more job openings. If you prefer to contact them by phone, you can call at 214-491-3130 for more details. Once again, that is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.